Hi everyone, welcome to Gender and Climate, Seneca. In this podcast, we talk about the nexus of gender and climate change and how people are affected. So, let's get started. Hi, welcome everyone. This is Annika. I hope you had a marvelous Christmas time and a relaxing break. Before I introduce you to my guest today and we dive into a very interesting interview, I would like to wish you a healthy, successful and fulfilling 2022. The year has only just begun and with that there are many opportunities ahead of us to make this year a memorable one. For me personally, a lot has changed already um, because I moved into a new flat and now I have a nice space where I can host this podcast. I wish each and every one of you loving people by your side who continuously support you and with whom you can grow true to the motto, together we can change our world for the better. Also, when it comes to this podcast, it is very important for me having people by my side who support me, such as family and dear friends. And one of them is Sebastian Spagnolo. He recently supported me with recording and editing the audio, through which I hope you got a slight improvement in the audio quality. And again, Sebastian, thank you so, so much. So if you guys need help setting up your podcast, please feel free to get in touch with him. I'll post the contact details in the info box and you can find him on LinkedIn. Today, I'm going to be talking to Himangana Gupta from India. She's a visiting research fellow at the United Nations University and a specialist in gender and climate change in India and working with local communities. Hi, Hima. I'm so, so happy to have you here. So am I. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, We last spoke about a year ago when I was interviewing you for my master's thesis and when you were in Tokyo and you provided me with so many and interesting insights about the topic. And today, therefore, is a very special day for me because back a year ago, I wouldn't have thought that we both both would be sitting here doing this podcast and talking about that very important topics which is close to our hearts um so i'm so super super proud and it makes me so so happy um to be here today with you and to not lose any time let's dive directly into the topic first of all i'd like to ask you where are you right now and where did you grow up so I'm in India right now, and uh, I was, uh, as you said, I was doing my postdoctoral research in Japan, and just two months back, I returned to India. And uh, since since then, uh, I have been working on uh, on various uh, various issues that include local communities and and uh, and gender. And recently, I participated in the in the COP26 as a part of the Indian delegation, and I was seeing how the you know the gender issues have been have been shaping in the current international debate, especially climate change that you are interested in, and they 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 are looking forward to engaging more and more women in decision making into climate change processes. But my work is more towards engagement of local women so that they are empowered for taking climate action on the ground. 
so my uh, my own uh, growing up was in a in a family which is which has a, a lot of liberal values and i never felt that gender equality was an issue until i was uh, at least 25 years old because my family they never even talked about uh, such such issues for them they, it, there was no difference between having a daughter and having a son so uh, so that's why i have a kind of a tendency in which i do not think that a, a female is anyway lesser than a man but when i grew up i came to know about several things which included gender equality and now we have ever sdg sdg 5 which talks about gender gender equality uh so so those are the things that uh, that i started to understand and uh, um uh, and basically that's how my my career started to shape in taking up issues which are related to gender and especially related to climate change so you were just mentioning the climate change how was how do you experience climate change in india and how was climate change changing over the years yes so you see climate change basically as we see it is it's a global climate it's a global you know collective action problem it's it's not just in india that it's happening but climate change is happening globally and the, all the impacts that are happening are also global impacts and india is one such country that is facing the impacts but of course it is india is one of the most uh, most vulnerable countries to climate change and uh, in the, in some of the recent indexes that have been published on vulnerability for example by the uh, by the green climate watch and some uh, institutes even in germany there are some institutes who have published such reports which say that there are a lot of losses due to the recent extreme events so what we can see visibly is the is the increase in in the extreme events that have been happening it's really especially during the monsoon season and when there is more rainfall there are floods everywhere and uh, it's been increasing over the years that that i see uh, my uh, my age you know uh, it's not possible to basically outline all the changes that have been happened so far but as i see it in my age today i see that yes the extreme events are much higher than they used to be when i was probably i was a child uh, so those are the those are the things and heat waves have increased a lot uh they in in addition to the extreme events and of course the ipcc suggests that there are going to be you know more changes in climate after we reach the 1.5 degree c temperature rise so currently we are at 1.1 degree c and we are trying to limit it so we if we if we fail to mitigate basically we have to adapt and if we fail to adapt we have to suffer from loss and damage so this is how it it flows so currently we are trying to mitigate it and we are also trying to adapt so that we don't face more loss and damage so our focus is not to increase the adaptation gap for us in future you know a stitch in time saves nine kind of thing yes yeah and now we know climate change is happening everywhere climate change is especially happening in india how are people affected and how are especially women men and maybe queer people um affected differently because we know that there are vast differences between the genders but really how how do they show up yes so women actually it's it's known worldwide that women are actually affected disproportionately from the impacts of climate change and there is no doubt at all on on uh, on that fact uh, but there are certain things that actually why it's it's uh, disproportionate why the women are suffering more and especially in the case of developing countries like india the reason is that the extreme events when they occur the women they are mostly at home and the males are working outside on the fields they are probably on the uh, on uh, on on the on the coastal areas it's more possible for them to run away or to you know uh, kind of find a, a, a safe place for them but women that that they're taking care of their kids they're taking care of the home uh, you know and they it's not possible 
them to take such decisions on their own behalf leaving their children back some of them might be pregnant so during extreme events the women become disadvantaged because of some kind of you know uh, physical inhibitions and uh, you know the, the lack of support in that way and for example a very very easy example is that many women don't know how to swim maybe males they know how to swim so if the females they don't know how to swim then they are you know disadvantaged because of that that takes the power from them that to protect themselves from the flood to protect their children from the flood so that is why in many cases uh, even in in bangladesh which is just a neighboring uh, neighboring you know country uh, there is a case where the, the women were waiting to even take the permission of their their family to you know to protect protect themselves and uh, the problem of you know uh, uh, the skills that they should be having to protect themselves at that time another thing is that women they work very closely with with nature and it's the women who go to fetch you know water is the women who go to fetch firewood outside it's not the males i have not seen in india any male taking they taking firewood on their on their head and walking long distances or taking water and walking long distances it's the women who have the responsibility of the households so if climate change impacts the source of water if climate change affects the source of firewood for them or anything any restrictions any policy if it affects the the availability of resources natural resources to them then is the women who will have to walk longer distances for that is the women who who are going to suffer because of the lack of water resources so which is one of the major impacts of climate change which we usually don't don't see uh, see as a climate change impact another thing uh, that the, the climate change may uh, impact the women and male uh, men differently is the uh, agriculture in in asia altogether 70% of the of the labor force in agriculture is is women but the problem is that they don't have the title to the land they work on the land belongs to the male or they are working only as a laborer over there they will understand what changes the climate is having on that on that uh, area on that land but they may not be able to take the decisions the right decisions on time to basically you know prevent the changes to happen or basically to adapt to those changes it's not possible for them in this case i would actually like to even refer to one of my videos on on the youtube that actually shows the women in one of the states in india it's uh, madhya pradesh so in one of the villages the women they talk about how much you know but precipitation has gone down how much problems are occurring how much the yield losses have happened they understand agriculture very well because they work on the field directly but the thing is that they cannot take any decision to protect it so this disadvantages them in the face of you know climate change impact that's one of the one one another uh, you know issue and the and the fourth issue that i would like to talk about the disadvantage uh, uh, for the women is the food and nutritional security so you see if less food is available so it's the women will try to uh, to feed their their men they 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 try to feed their kids first they would sleep you know empty stomach and so that affects their nutrition and they are working hard they have to do a lot of physical labor so that really affects their health it affects their you know uh, their, their nutrition so make uh, disadvantaging them you know in the longer round, run because because of the lack of resources and another thing is the financial instability so you may actually think that how financial instability is linked to climate change it is nothing to do with climate change but climate change the kind of impacts that it would have it would basically uh, disadvantage the women who are financially excluded because it reduces their adaptive capacity to deal with the changes that are happening so uh, for example they if they don't have a bank account or if they do not manage their bank account on their own they cannot deal with any impact or shortage of resources or shortage of finance on their own 
so this is the reason that sometimes the government is trying to help the women by you know transferring some money to their account or doing uh, there are various schemes but those schemes don't reach the women directly because there is some middleman who is sitting in between and who is you know not trying to, uh, who is basically trying to to you know share the resources with them which belong to them just because they do not have enough knowledge of the of the schemes or they, they are not well aware of you know how to manage their own bank account on their own or how to get the money so so they don't know so they have to share their their resources with the middleman who's actually doing nothing and that resource is even not even meant for for him so these kind of things even education it disadvantages women to a larger extent when when climate change happens this is my idea of the disproportionate impact so you've mentioning there are even governmental supports but they don't reach the women because they are not designed in a way that that they really really yeah. reach so actually even if they're designed in a way that they reach the women the problem is the middlemen in a country like india the population is so high yeah. everybody is looking for money and in that case you know some yeah. ngos they are doing good work in in that sense but the women themselves have to be protected you know they they have to protect themselves on their own they have to become powerful they have to become empowered to get there you know uh, once uh, i uh, in in a function that i attended on uh, on uh, on a women's on women's day there was somebody who gave a lecture you don't have to ask for the right you have to fight for your rights you always fight for your rights and that that is where the role of women themselves come they have to fight for their right and and our role is to prepare them for that fight so that's that's the thing you, you cannot demand it so those middlemen they will come in between and they will try to snatch away the rights that 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 belongs to them just because they're not able to fight for it and they're not fighting for it because there is lack of awareness another thing in india the problem is the migration many of the laborers that work in delhi they migrate from uh, from the neighboring states and they have a lot of farm land over there but they don't work on their farms they work here as laborers and they do a lot of activities they earn money here who is working on the farm their wives are working on the farm and they are totally alone over there so without a, without a proper support system so that's what that actually makes them more vulnerable to to such kind of impacts if the floods are coming in those states then they are the ones who are going to first suffer because they're living alone over there they are handling the kids maybe four or five kids you know they're handling on their own they're handling the farmland they're handling the house everything and their their husbands are living here and doing another job so this kind of thing even migration impacts it's, it's actually disadvantages them in such cases and if they're not educated then some middleman will come and take away their their right you know this is basically in my in my view this is financial injustice and most of the time they're they're out of the decision making process and we will talk about this maybe when you ask more questions about the decision making that's another another issue that we we maybe have to talk about <laughs> yeah yeah i there are so many issues and points we could talk about and i over and over we could talk for ages but we have a, a specific time you've told me that you are working with groups of local people of people who are really affected directly by climate change and the impacts coming with it um and I think what works best to get an idea how climate change and gender are really interconnected is um to hear about personal stories. And I know you have lots of personal stories to share, so I would like to ask you to please share some stories um of people you are working with and maybe measures that you as a research group or whatever or the people themselves took to overcome the the barriers and the burden they're yes. they're carrying so uh, i was actually working with an ngo called the development alternatives 
and that actually gave me an opportunity to meet women uh, directly who are working on the ground and who are active women who have shown that it's possible to you know uh, have a change to change the situation on the ground through their own efforts so that's where you know uh, i i think i have some personal stories from there and uh, the the views collected at that time are as i said they are on my on the video on my youtube channel so uh, so that those stories actually how how their situation changed was through education and one of the one of the examples that i would like to mention is the program that i worked with very briefly is tara akshar so tara akshar is basically um, akshar means words it means alphabet so it's not that you want to make women uh, you know mathematician or something like that but they should be able to have basic education to basically fight for themselves to basically understand some of the very you know most important things that relate to their own life and they can make change on the ground so i basically met women from self help groups in india we have shgs uh, the self help groups so the women they help themselves and in the in that process they help each other so it's a group of women in a village and they they have the meetings the need based meetings whenever they think that there's a need to meet they'll set up a meeting and they will meet so i will share with you two examples that i was really impressed with uh, one of them was in in rajasthan india and another is in madhya pradesh india so and both of them in areas that are really secluded they're really you know underdeveloped areas so in one of them the women was the head of the village she was very active and she basically made possible to you know set up a a water tank in the village you know the the village was suffering from extreme water shortage and uh, nobody was able to help them you know in getting some some water harvesting system or something like that so these women they took the initiative to collect money from the, from the from the village itself and to set up a water tank over there which provides today it provides water to the entire village it's a small thing for us but for for even if 100 people are living in a village or 200 people are living in a village all of them are suffering from water shortage and a woman comes in front and say that i have a solution and this is what we can do and let's do it so this is the this is the kind of thing that uh, one example i was truly impressed by and there was another example this uh, another yes. example from madhya pradesh that i want to give is that again a self help group so these women they were so active i was really amazed to see how they used the, the awareness and the knowledge that was provided by this organization development alternatives that i was working with uh, they they used that to set up a, a, a biogas plant you know and uh, and through that biogas plant the energy that was wow. produced from the biogas the plant they they set up a small machinery basically to prepare turmeric powder what is what is tur- turmeric powder in uh, because i i think we we use a different word yes yes we were it, discussing that a year ago kurkuma, turmeric yes. is turmeric kurkuma is right yes so yeah. basically right. the scientific name is kurkuma longa it's basically a uh, uh, what we call is it's it's our uh, it's it's important for all our vegetables that we make we use it in almost all our vegetables and another thing is that it has a lot of medicinal property yes there was a time when us had taken a, a patent on turmeric on the uses of turmeric as a medicine but uh, india mm-hmm. got it revoked and just because it's it's something that some somebody cannot patent for us it's we are using it traditionally since ages to treat so many things so so that's why you know turmeric is yeah. a very important uh, spice for india so so they were producing that kind of sp- spice using not creating the spice but actually they were you know creating the powder from the from the whole spice and that was so pure mm-hmm. i haven't even smelled such a pure spice ever in my life even today i miss it 
it was the purest form that they were they were you know preparing it was kind of a small cottage industry kind of a thing i think these things putting women in you know you know in in the feet of an entrepreneur they can do very well we just need to, mm-hmm. we don't need to give them yeah. money just to you know support them we don't have to give them the fish we have to teach them how to catch the fish that's the thing and once you do that then you don't need to support them they themselves are going to support others so now though that group of women whatever they earn they try to support other women for example there's an agricultural loss in some some family what they'll do is they'll try to give them money okay some some very 8000 or 10000 rupees you know just take this much money and you can buy a sheep for yourself or you can buy some kind of livestock for yourself so it helps you and when you get that enough you can just give it back to us so it's like a microfinancing that they're doing and even without the banks they don't need the bank yeah. for their own own financing thing so it's just that you need to give give them awareness you need to make them understand things and women are really very entrepreneurial they they will do it on their own so these two examples they really touched my heart the way they it has been happening there but there the negative examples at some places are that uh, the the village uh, which i have actually shared with you uh, even once before the village head they they are reserved like for 50% reservation for them so in 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 many cases they are not very well educated so they become the heads of the villages but their husbands you know take the role of making the decisions so on their own so which actually excludes them from the decision making process so that is also uh, one another uh, problem that happens and just recently i actually visited one of uh, my uh, my field areas i was working in the himalayan region and i i went there and i said that i want to do a focus group discussion and uh, I, i did not say that i want to meet only women or men but 90% were women 90% i was so shocked and oh, said wow. wow i mean uh, like 90% women are here i want to i want to ask you about gender equality and they said that here we don't have issues of gender equality women are basically the in many cases they're head of the families and they are they are working at an equal footing with with males and we don't even think that there's an issue of gender equality mm-hmm. so in india it actually depends from a state to state mm-hmm. the the issue of gender equality it, it totally depends yeah. so mm-hmm. from the mm-hmm. some are as you're pointing out are almost gender equal with men and women and some are um if they well get a get a girl instead of a boy um they're like oh gosh how do i get rid of this girl i think like that's uh, the impression that's uh, the image i i got yes. from from many Uh, yes. the torture in in india yes. and people telling exactly. me about it so that's the case so, in in haryana and punjab which is actually led to a very low sex ratio mm-hmm. in the two states and uh, the problem is now that the males they don't get females to to get married to because nobody wanted to have a female and uh, but everybody wants to have a um, you know a wife <laughs> so the problem is that now they yeah. they are suffering from this kind of shortage over here there are there are very little females every 1000 uh, mm-hmm. males there are only 600 females wow that's a vast shortage um so now we're already coming to an end i could talk for ages um with you but unfortunately we're coming to an end closely and there is one and i think one of the most important questions for this talk what do you think should be done to break the nexus between gender and climate which recommendations would you give the government which co- recommendations would you give policy makers 
entrepreneurs or like whoever, but to break that nexus and to elaborate real gender equality and to decline so Actually, climate change is something that impacts all sectors. So any policy that is not even tagged like a climate change policy for women, anything good that the government does for the women is definitely going to make them more resilient and they will, it will increase their adaptive capacity for the you know for for tackling the changes that that the climate change is going to you know uh, affect them with so but i would like to also stress on the global processes that are happening that i feel are more top down like you know inclusion of women in the in the in the meetings so uh, which i have been stressing and uh, also in my one of my research papers on women and climate change so the thing is that when you increase the participation of women in the meetings the on the ground women they don't know about it they just don't know about what is united nations framework convention on climate change they don't know so when we, we when we talk about you know the, the nexus between gender and climate this is the first thing first thing is awareness at the local level first thing is putting the local women at a at a at a stage where they can actually make decisions which affect their life directly it's important to put women at a stage where they can take decisions which are important for their own life or which affect them directly which includes climate change so uh, the suggestion that i would like to give is that in india we already have a framework which which has uh, 50% reservation for for the for the women which is for the village heads so they are already 50% of the of the village head positions belong to women so that is where the the climate change action should start from it should be not top down but bottom up it should come from there they should we need to understand what are their needs exactly so uh, it's not about equality here it's about equity here so when you when you do not provide equal opportunity based on the you know weighing weighing both in the same scale but weighing them on the basis of their needs and their priorities that is most important that is where equity comes from and today at the at the world uh, the world stage we talk a lot about equity we talk about common but differentiated responsibilities so this kind of principle of equity it belongs everywhere even in the case of gender i think so that's where that's what we need to think we need to engage them into the into the decision making processes understand the climate change impacts that they are facing from and then include them into the policy making instead of that coming from the international level or even the national level i would say and if unfccc really wants to make a change on the ground it needs to come up with some suggestions on how the uh, the gender uh, perceptions or uh, you know the the needs of the gender should be included in the national planning or even in the nationally determined contributions which should actually not just be mitigation but it should also talk about adaptation i'm not only talking here about india i'm talking about the countries the all the developing countries and developed countries there should be a way to include gender perceptions in the national uh, determined contribution so that it becomes a part of the development process for example uh, in in the developmental planning also women are usually not included women uh, i should say even environment is not included in de- developmental planning so if there are any any governmental projects or any private sector projects that happen at a place where the local community is directly affected i think the government needs to think that this kind of a project or an activity should not impact the local community especially women if it does then it should be immediately scrapped so that's those are the kinds of tough decisions that the government has to take to protect its uh, local communities and to protect its uh you know it's 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 women from you know this kind of thing another thing that i would like to talk about is financial inclusion uh i think the um, the women uh, as i already said that financial inclusion is a problem 
so if it's a problem it can also be a solution because if there is no financial inclusion that they are disadvantaged if there is financial inclusion they are empowered if they are being paid equally as as men then they are empowered so when they are empowered you are basically increasing their adaptive capacity to climatic changes so that is is another thing that the policy makers need to need to think about and they also need to engage the private sector in doing good for the environment good for the local communities instead of harming it they need to make it make it a rule that any project that is given approval in environmentally sensitive zones for example they should be taking approval of the local communities not the government the private sector needs to first talk to the local communities of that area take their approval on those projects and then go to the government to take the approval if they do not have the approval of the local communities then it should not happen that's the thing it's about protecting your own people from the risk of the changes which are going to intensify the risk of the climate change that is my suggestion Yeah, I I, re- I remember the the hydropower plant which we talked about a year ago. Um, where you were saying that there was a hydropower plant built at the very point where there was a water source where families were getting the water from, and the water power plant destroyed the source for water. So people had to walk, like women had to walk for the distances, like about I don't, I don't remember very well, twenty yeah. yes. kilo- kilometers exactly. they plus. Small, they had to walk, so that yeah. was very the, dangerous. That was a very small source of water in of the village. It was like uh, you know they could just simply get water from there. It was a stream, and there is no need. I, I am in fact, people say that small hydro is very good. I'm against any kind of hydro, including small hydro. reason is that those small hydros are actually uh, those small uh, channels water channels are actually important for the animals who live there it's, it's important for the local communities for the women who fill mm-hmm. water from there it's very important those small channels but when a small hydro project yeah. happens over there those water channels are put into big tubes and it just doesn't flow in the way it was flowing it dries up the environment over there it what is it providing it is providing some electricity and the uh, and for the sake of some electricity that you could do it from solar panels you know that is why india is promoting solar panels uh, solar energy so much you would have seen that we are constantly increasing our targets for solar energy because that is one way to basically get electricity instead of doing these kind of things which actually threaten the, the livelihood of local dependent people especially women So that's what I was actually referring to last time. This video is also available on my YouTube channel on the hydropower and local community nexus. Mentioning that that YouTube channel again, I will definitely refer in the info box uh, the link to your YouTube channel, and I highly recommend everybody watching that YouTube channel, watching all the videos him and gonna put down there and publish because she's an expert. She's So she she knows so much about the topic and her videos are very well and worth looking at. Um and now actually we have come to an end already Hema and I want to thank you so so much for making all these points and I think everybody understood now that water is really crucial when it comes to gender and climate change and that even the smallest steps and the empowerment of local communities and empowering people and empowering women to be the head of villages and to take part in decision makings is a very very important and key step and i think people got aware that the private sector is very crucial as well to empower women and to really make a change when it comes to the nexus of gender and climate change So Hima thank you so so much again for taking the time and for this very inspirational and informative talk. Thanks.
Shanika, it was great talking to you again and really enjoyed this uh, this podcast. Yeah, I'm very happy to start this initiative of uh, spreading such awareness about women and, and climate change. I wish you all the best in your endeavors. Thank you everybody for listening. If you enjoyed it, make sure to hit the bell to not miss any episode. Together, we change our world for the better.